0: Dirt talk. Dirt
1: talk. Hey, I'm Alex Horton. Hi,
0: I am Aaron Witt. Ever heard of him? I am Aaron Witt. <laughs> I am affirmative. <laughs> nope, I'm not a robot.
1: You know, there are some things in this industry that you can replace with robots, but not podcast hosts. Not
0: podcast hosts or most everything else in our industry. Well, that too. Yeah. I was you start. To- you start talking about replacing operators. I was trying months. to start a flame war. Dude, people get fired up. Rightly so. Rightly, Rightly so. so. The whole, yeah. This whole thing about, and this kind of goes into my trip, this whole thing that, oh, yeah, we're going to have the operators of the future are going to be remote control. And so they'll be able to run their machines from their house. Are those people saying that, it's like, get out, get out of here. Just, just, Just get out of here. Because most importantly, it's just tone deaf. It's just tone deaf, in my opinion. I don't. I don't think you'd find a lot of operators sitting around saying, "Yeah, that's a great idea. I get it. That makes me feel really valuable." <laughs> it's and, and then it's like it's also making the assumption that all kids want to do is just sit and play video games. But I think kids sit and, I, I I think kids sit and play video games because they don't have real life to go live. But real life is far more satisfying and gratifying to a human being than a video game. (laughs) They're so disconnected from today's youth that, oh, yeah, that's all they want is just computer screens and video games. But no, what human beings want is in-person connection, is feeling appreciated, is being part of a team, is contributing to something greater than themselves, is Mm -hmm. seeing the progress of their work every day, which is what the construction industry offers. The dirt world offers, but we're just we're, we we misunderstand human nature so much that we're trying to go in this direction. That I don't like. That's not our strong suit. Let the technology stuff be the technology stuff. Let's focus on the built world in our world. We're the only ones with badass machines. Let's talk about that a little bit more. I just there's just this weird disconnect. And maybe that's an unpopular opinion, but I just I see the un, I see the need for these remote applications at Balma. We'll get into the topic. Sure, sure, sure. There was a D five dozer operator station within the Zeppelin mm-hmm. Hall that was that controlled the machine in Arizona.
1: Ta It's very cool. What's the lag on that? Like there's
0: the, there's no delay. A wow. very little delay, technically. There's sure, delay there's some, hmm. but but very
1: little. Like what he's seeing on the screen versus what he's doing with his controls
0: feels pretty instantaneous. It's it's enough where it's like you can operate pretty effectively. That's it had it. Trimble on it so you could see his he could see his grade control. He had like a normal Trimble little setup in the operator station. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 like you're in the cab. But everything is via camera. There are amazing applications to apply that to, like unloading barges under in dangerous areas, for example, or radioactive areas there's there's all kinds of examples of when that makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. but to say that's going to be the norm and that's our way out of the workforce problem is to me just
1: just a kind of a dumb thing to say kind of feels defeatist is that a word like we've already lost let's just i don't know we don't have enough people so let's just find a way to do it with the amount of people we do have
0: I like I I like I there's there there are a lot of or even like running a dozer and rock all day. Like maybe that's a better way to do it. So you're not beating the crap out of your operator. All like I don't want to run dozer and rock for 12 hours a day. You watch those guys, man. I mean, maybe some people love it. Who knows? And so maybe you can start to play with it in that sense. But yeah, it, it's it's just it's moving in the wrong direction. I think we need to focus on the human side of our business, on the built world side of our business, not this oh, we have all of this technology. Come on, kids. You like technology, don't you? I see you on the iPad or yeah. on Twitch. Like, that's what, you, that's what you like. And we have it too. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, yes, that's like, that's table stakes. I think you need some of that. But that's, that's not what makes our industry our industry.
1: If the thing that you like is a controller and a screen and you think, oh, that's, if I just get a job that requires a contro- controller and a screen, I'm going to be fulfilled. That might last for like a
0: day. Yes. And be like, oh, OK, I get it. No, the satisfaction you get from like, like he said it the other day, Harris, or Harrison, it was not the other day, it was months ago, but it was when we shot at Thompson. You're like, I just feel good because we were just outside like doing something all day. Like I just, I, I feel exhausted. We worked. <laughs> it's like you don't get that satisfaction playing video games. Yeah. You don't get up after playing video games and man, man I'm just so satisfied. I just feel so good as a human being. It doesn't happen. It's like, great, do it. Yeah, I'm not talking shit about video games. Do it. Relax, whatever you want. Yeah. But you're not going to get that primal satisfaction from it. Like sitting out in the sun and working. So everybody, they're always so, uh, I don't know. I, I just. Anyway, I didn't mean to bring up robots. Uh, sorry.
1: What I would love to dig De- into today. Derail, derailed that one. So pretty, you and you know, I have not been in the same room for about two weeks, um, which is pretty long f- for us. Usually, you know. A week, maybe, is all that separates recording podcasts with your travel and yeah. all the other stuff. However, you were on another continent. I was. Um, so you went to Germany and, I guess, a little bit of Austria. Um, Correct. I'd love to hear just kind of a little bit of a rundown of all the stuff you did. We, we talked a little bit about what you might do, but even that stuff changes. Um, and so I, I think um, kind of hearing about the the, the Bauma show and, and just kind of what you're expectations were versus what it ended up being um, would be cool to hear about.
0: The Bauma show was extraordinarily overwhelming. We were there for four days hosted by Zeppelin Cat. Zeppelin remarkable host. Unbelievable host. Could not have been better. So very, very, very pleased with how that went. We uh, walked around most of the show but really focused on Caterpillar Zeppelin's offerings. Then Lee Bear. Lee Bear's offerings went to their demo uh, area, which was very cool offsite. And Deer and Workin, so that was very cool. Got to see the latest offerings from Workin primarily, and then are some they, Komatsu. Are they
1: based out there? Where's the HQ? They're a
0: German company. They
1: are a German company. They were bought by Deer a few years ago. Okay, yeah. I see them around. I mean, I see them around Nashville.
0: Their American headquarters isn't and. Uh, Somewhere in Nashville. I'm forgetting which oh, really? town it's in. Interesting. It's like Lebanon or somewhere around there. Sure. Um, so that was that. Trade shows? Not really my cup of tea. Sure. Because all the equipment is static and there are people everywhere. And Balma, there were people everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. But the cool thing about Balma was it was more of um a community. It was like you kind of had two different people. You had You had either professionals like big time business people that were there to buy lots of machines or you had like the kindergarten the local kindergarten class or some operators they we were just like this stuff's cool I'm that gonna be just here. that just they to go every three years and then each company has like an operator's lounge so you have to be an operator to get into the operator's lounge and they have beer and sausages and that kind of thing. very cool so it was more of a community event than con expo is i think con expo is more of oh, it's your your, your construction professional. And like, I hope I can get off work to make it if you want to go as an individual. But it's not as much of a community event as this was. It was just, it was cool to see how much of a community thing this was for the city of Munich. It's a big deal. It's Mm -hmm. a big deal. Everybody knows about it. And I think they said over 600,000 people came this year. Nuts. Half a million, 600,000, somewhere in there. Tons of people. So we got, we, we got to go tour the whole Zeppelin cat booth and see their new electric machines. That was a theme of the show for sure was alternative energy because it's being pushed very hard in Europe right sure. now, which is so ironic because they're about to go through a whole winter of blackouts because they don't have the fossil fuel they need. Um, so the alternative energy thing, the technology thing, we got to see some of Lieber's latest and greatest, which I thought was fantastic. Yeah. They just, the connections we made with them earlier this year paid off because we got like a whole tour of the 9300 shovel and the, the truck and the demolition expert. It was awesome. We got to go see all kinds of cool stuff with Lieber. Mm-hmm. Deer and Workin, they took us around, connected us with other product experts. All of this will be on YouTube. Everything yeah. will be on YouTube and it'll look really good, I hope. hmm Then we went to this dinner at the Ratskiller with like downtown Munich area, city center with deer working. They they feed 10,000 people (laughs) at Balma, at this restaurant that's very well known. Mm -hmm. So the amount of money they must spend on that week of dinner has to be at least seven figures. Like for sure. Lieber, they build a whole building. To build their booth takes six months.
1: So that's one thing I couldn't quite figure out. Like all the... All the glass and, like, stairs and stuff is
0: temporary. It's all temporary. Yeah, But it's, crazy. it's a building. Nuts. It's a building. And they can take it down. Like, they're not just running it over? No, they, I, oh, I guess man. they disassemble it and put in boxes and then save it for the next time around. Sure. It's something like, I don't that's know. That's a flex, man. That is a flex. The amount of money they spend to put the show on is just mind-boggling. So, <clears throat> it was a really cool show. Big <laughs> fan. But for what we do, not necessarily the best place to go get content and tell stories because the stories that are there, it's just like, yeah, here's the newest machine. And there's a lot of people that do that. That's just not our thing. Yeah. We like to go out and see the machines doing, doing it and talk to people and, and the, what are the specialty applications and, and just making it happen. Who are the people making the world go round through the dirt world? Yeah. The one interesting thing I saw, and I'm sure this is going to be the same thing with Con Expo. The industry's biggest problem is workforce development, and it's the same in Europe. It's similar in Europe, similar in Canada, similar in the United States, similar in Australia. Every developed nation is in kind of a similar space right now. They've transitioned from an economy that makes things to a knowledge economy, and now they're, it's starting to catch up with them as the world's changed. Not one mention of workforce development.
1: Hmm. Because it's still a conversation about equipment. <laughs> yeah.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I thought that was fascinating. I thought, here is the industry's biggest problem. And it's all the latest and greatest in equipment, technology, and so on and so forth. Nothing about workforce development. And some, to, to their credit, some booths did have like a little area where you, you know, apply to work at Zeppelin or whatever. And they got a ton of applications, sure. I guess, which is very cool. Yeah. I think very, very slick. But that's not a
1: sustainable scalable solution that's just we need more people
0: you just you would think that that would be the conversation Mm -hmm. not check out our new prototype battery excavator it's like wow that's cool but But it's not even a real machine yet it's a prototype that's i can't even go buy one of these if i wanted to
1: but if you're an oem like do you really care about workforce development i mean i guess if there's more people in the industry you can sell more equipment
0: uh what's a bulldozer worth without an operator
1: Jack shit. Yeah, it just sits there. There's plenty of equipment just
0: sitting there. Jack shit. And the technology, like I said, is way off, man. Mm. They exaggerate how close it is. It's not close at all. It's great. It's very cool. I'm not underplaying the technology and what everybody's doing. But to say that it's going to go replace the the 40% of people in the construction industry in the United States that's retiring in the next less than decade that ain't going to happen. Mm-mm. And to just sit here and hope that's going to happen. That's a bad strategy in my opinion. So I, I just thought, I, I just thought that was interesting. Um, interesting observation, yeah. but big picture. If you ever have the opportunity to go to Balma. Very cool. Highly recommend it. Very overwhelming. Way bigger than Con Expo. Like I had a meeting and he's like, Oh, it's all so-and-so, you know, Oh oh yeah, yeah I'll be right over. <laughs> be right over. Are you kidding me? You go, you go, <laughs> I mean, it is, it is insane. It takes you 45 minutes to get somewhere that's, well,
1: it's like an amusement park To another booth. It's crazy.
0: It's, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, oh, I'm at this ride at Disneyland. It's not just, you don't just go to the ride. It's, it's a process to get there. Mm-hmm. That's how this was. It was wild how many people there were. Who, um, was there like a particular company that was like the big dog? Liebherr had the biggest booth and presence okay. because they're a German manufacturer. Sure. So you go to Con Expo and Caterpillar is a clear, yeah, forced to be reckoned with because it's the American yeah. heavy equipment company. And I know John Deere, but you guys own the ag world. You're doing great in construction and I get that. But Caterpillar's Caterpillar Um, And so they typically have by far the biggest presence at Con Expo. But Liebherr, I mean Caterpillar was no slouch. Sure. Like Zeppelin's booth was. Unbelievable, but the, the, just the, the scale of Lieber. Zeppelin had 700 people working in their booth. Lieber had 2,000. <laughs> 2,000. That is nuts. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, booth,
1: put that in quotes, running their building. Also, what I thought was
0: hilarious was we were not considered trade press, so we weren't technically allowed to take pictures of the show. Huh. We literally, we couldn't get into somewhere that said press only. And we were like, well, we're just, we're just here to meet somebody. Like, no, you don't have, a, you don't have press right. credentials. Huh. And and every time I try to get press credentials with these trade shows, they nope, you're not press. What are you talking about? I'm not press. Like, I, yes, I'm not traditional. I don't, I don't work at a magazine. Yes, you're right. But.
1: A lot of people are seeing my content.
0: I'm only here to help. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm only here to show off what you're trying to do, but you're not making it very easy for me. <laughs> the Germans, they, they, they're very serious and yeah. they play by the rules. So if you don't, sure. or these, these, I was taking pictures before the show and these two security guards came up to me and, and they didn't speak very good English. So we were communicating for, for, through Google Translate and they showed like, do you have authorization to take photos? And once I saw that, I was, I was like, oh, yes. And they're like, "Oh, okay," and they just walk off. And I'm like, "Wow, Shoot. <laughs> that that went way better than I thought it no. was gonna go." And it was the last day. Yeah. So I thought they're oh like, "Give my us all gosh, your hard drives." Like, yeah. No. Oh man, we're gonna go get the pickle on the last day. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all I had to say was yes, yes. And then they just walk off. I'm like, "Oh, this is
1: great. Cool." Yeah. Did they know you were an American? And like before they came up? Yeah. Um, uh, I'm I'm sure I, I I I'm sure I look out of place in Europe. You you put off some real American vibes. Yeah. But anyway, that was Balma. Great time. Super cool. So that was just the first half of the trip. That was the first half.
0: So I was excited for Balma, but I knew it just it's just not our thing. Yeah. So I went and then... I mean, for our company,
1: it's more of like a networking
0: thing. Met a lot of amazing yeah. people. I was, I, I'm very, very glad I went. And we did most of our shooting before the show opened because Zeppelin got us. We didn't have press passes, but we had exhibitor passes, which so cool. allowed us to get into the show before it opened. So we would get there at seven when it was just dead. It didn't open until nine 30. And that's when we would do get most of our shots, do the walk arounds. It was, that was awesome. Yeah. So that like that, that made it, if we didn't have that and we were just working during show hours, kind of tough. would have, would have, I didn't even. We didn't even do anything during the show because there are just so many people you can't do anything. Yeah, and then you'll go over to exhibits. There's just one time like you'll go over and start talking about something or making a video or this and that, and people will come over like and they'll look at you. Fuck, are you doing? What the fuck are you taking a picture of? I'm like, I'm taking a picture of your product to talk about it because it's cool because it's at a trade show because you're showing it off. Like, wh- what do you mean? Why? Are you, wh- what? What are you looking at me for? Like, no, if you didn't want me to take a picture of it, then why'd you bring it? Anyway. I'm, I'm a little feisty today. Whatever. I didn't get a lot of sleep this weekend. So that, Brahma, over the weekend, went to Austria. Super cool. Salzburg. Probably one of the prettiest towns I've ever been to. Recovered for two days, basically. One or two? Yeah, but I recovered. Worked the whole time in Austria. Walked. Had some beer, in fairness. Sure. I, I did have pretzel as well. Good. For dinner. Good for you. Healthy dinner got back on the train, went back to Munich, met up with Simon and Richard from Zeppelin Cat. And then they took us on a tour of Germany for the next few days. Awesome. So we, we started in Munich. We went to the Zeppelin headquarters, which was wildly cool. The Zeppelin company was started in the early 1900s. They built airships, then supported the war efforts. Then after the war, the... You know, the the new rules post-World War II are like, hey, that's a war product. You can't make what you make anymore. So they said, well, we have all this metalworking experience. Why don't we go get into various forms of fabrication? They started making service trucks. They start displaying these service trucks, selling these service trucks. Caterpillar comes over to Europe, needs a partner to service their equipment in Europe during reconstruction. Zeppelin ends up being the Caterpillar.
1: Yeah. So it... Zeppelin cat is Zeppelin. Yes, that's really cool. I yeah. didn't make that connection. Yeah,
0: it it, it that's the company. Yeah, very so you, cool. you walk into their headquarters and they have an old, enormous wooden propeller from one of the original Zeppelins. Very cool. Yeah. The bummer you didn't get to travel that way uh, through Germany. They had they had an air, airship at the last Belma. No. but the accounting department this time must have been like, do we do we really need to bring the airship? Nobody's this time? buying them. Um, You know, the market's pretty, pretty cool on airships. It's it's a pretty niche market for (laughs) airships. I don't think someone looks up like, I need one of those. (laughs) I got to get me one of those bad boys. (laughs) Uh So we saw their headquarters, went to their branch. Then we went to a marble mine in Bavaria area. Mm -hmm. Very cool because it's this marble mine that's been there for decades. But this young couple, so this guy buys it. He's in his 30s. He buys the place a few years ago. bunch of rundown equipment. So it wasn't really an active mind when he bought it. It was no, it was going. It was, active. but it was just kind of run down. Okay. And over the past few years, he went to all the manufacturers. No one would take him on. Then he went to Zeppelin and Caterpillar, and they said, "Let's do this." So he has all brand new equipment, like high dollar stuff, for the quarrying operation. And then his partner, his wife, or I don't know if they were married or not quit her job. She was consulting for some of the German car manufacturers and now works there full time as well. So it's 15 people total that work and operate this marble mine. So it's just a small marble mine in the yeah. hills of Germany. And he grew up in the marble stone cutting business. So he's always been around stone, mm-hmm. but ended up buying this mine and they all run it together. And, and, and just seeing the opera, I'd never seen marble mining one it was it was just fascinating the yeah. whole thing and so they they took us through the whole process so they had it's it's built in layers so there's 26 layers of marble so the first step is to take a loader with a, just a giant single fork a 988 and just shove it in between the layers and pop up and break break the fir- the top layer off the next layer and then takes off that one little uh, you know p- p- pry bar essentially yeah grabs forks grabs the slabs of stone, drags the stone. I mean, sometimes they're between 20 to 60 tons being dragged by this loader, which it's a big loader, but 60 tons. That's heavy. Woof. So drag this material out. And then the guy we were with will look at it and identify what kind of marble it is because it's all different marble, Mm. all different grades of marble and every, every layer and different parts, different colors. It's wildly complex. Identify. Um, what kind of block it is and how the block should be cut. Then they had these drills on, I think, 326 excavators that were three drills at a time. So it drills three holes simultaneously, takes the drill bits out, drops three splitters in simultaneously, and then splits the stone. So they drill holes mm. all the way down the stone, and then you split it, and then you create a perfect block. And then you look at the cool. block again to identify what kind of grade, where it needs to go. They had a 982XE pick up the blocks, organize the blocks for shipping, and they all get sent to Italy for cutting. And then all of the stuff that doesn't make it into blocks goes to a crushing spread where they make crushed stone or asphalt and concrete in the surrounding area. It was awesome. That's pretty cool. You just kind of seen everything just like working and I'm sure it's just kind of like a, a little ant colony. I loved it. That's really cool. I loved it. So, and the loader operator in the 988 had been there for 30 years. Exact same operation, running a loader. Hey, if you find something you love and you're good at. at, why not stick with it? So that, that was super special. I really enjoyed that. Then, then we went to go see their, uh, another customer, Kellner, I think was their name. And so this guy, just a crazy dude. He has all this brand new equipment and he puts transformers on everything. So he wraps everything in a different transformer. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw you yeah. post about that. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's dark. We're, we're out there in the dark. It's like six, but it, it's sunset's late there. Mm-hmm. So we get there and the, the grader's running, brand new grader. They run smaller graders in Europe, so I think it's like a 120 size. It's all wrapped. Then we're talking and he gets in his Menzie muck and he brought the Menzie muck to this job just to show it off. It's not actually working <laughs> on the job. Oh, and the marble quarry, they all had the day off when we were there. They but went, they heard we wanted to come out, and no th- so they all showed up at work. Wow. To show us the whole operation. Dang, man. Yeah. Wow. And then we, we go see Kelliner. He's showing off his Menzie muck.
1: Isn't that what Garrett Wilson has? He swears by? Yes. Okay, yeah. yeah,
0: he's a big Menzie muck fan. They're pretty cool. And then this excavator rolls up. I think it's like a 336, somewhere around that size. And his 13-year-old daughter gets out of it. On the back, there's Megatron. Like, the whole thing is wrapped. In Megatron. The whole counterweight is Megatron with a giant Megatron sword. And then <laughs> you know, Calendar, the, the name of the company. And then you go over to the the 325s they have working, brand new 325s, tilt rotators, GP 3D GPS. These things are decked out. Like you cannot have more. VA boom, you cannot have more on a 325. And one has Bumblebee on it. it it's just, it was hilarious. Now, is his truck wrapped, too? Like, is that his I didn't see his, his personal life? rig. Okay. But, uh, yeah, everything's wrapped in Very cool. uh, Transformers.
1: Because why the hell not? I mean, if somebody comes up to it, they're not going to be like,
0: wow, that's pretty lame. I like people that do things that aren't necessarily rational. Yeah. Like, like why well, I just kind of wanted it. Yeah. I, I just want it. Do I have to explain it? Like, does it have to make perfect business sense? Because, it's like, that's just the way he runs his business. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Super cool. So, saw that. Next day, wake up in this small town. We go to a salt mine underground. This was wild. This salt mine has the same footprint underground as the city of Munich. Been around for 120 years. Wow. Our tour guide says he drives 120, 150 kilometers a shift underground. Oh, it oh has the God. largest underground workshop in Europe. We were. Roughly 3,000 feet down, we, they usher us into these changing rooms. We get into, we basically put like painter's clothes on. Mm -hmm. We do a brief uh, safety introduction on how the breathing apparatus works. If something goes wrong, it has an hour's worth of oxygen. We get ushered into the elevator after grabbing one of our safety devices and a light, a lamp. We go into the elevator and he hits the button and you just start dropping. It goes five times faster than a normal elevator. So you're 800 meters, around 2,500, 2,600 feet in 90 seconds, all the way down. And you get down there, it's just, it just goes. We got into a Jeep that's very customized to be underground and start. Ripping through the tunnels, it's like Indiana Jones. Oh my! There's 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 no there's no roof on the jeep at all. Yeah. Why do you need it? There's no windows on the jeep. No weather. Yeah. So you're you're just ripping through this salt mine, and we go to this area where they had Zeppelin. They they sent two 992s down into the salt mine, but in pieces. Mm -hmm. So everything goes down in pieces. They had to disassemble the 992s. They spent four weeks disassembling these machines enough, and then. Lowered them all down the shaft using a crane. And then two weeks reassembling them back in the, in the mine. So, Wild. and it, it the, the fascinating thing was the Jeeps had a spotlight that just shined straight up because that's all the loaders can see. The loaders can't see the small vehicles. They, can, they can only see the, the bright light shining on the top. How tall were like the ceilings? In some places it was pretty low, but enough to walk around, drive vehicles around. In other places, it was like this big cathedral. Yeah, like Like, this enormous cathedral where the 992s work. So they have this production work where I think they had like 25 crushers with, you know, they have 400 heavy piece, piece of heavy equipment down there working around the clock, putting it into these conveyors. These conveyors then send it to the processing facility that works 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But. The production shuts down on the weekends. So the, the, the material that's not consumed by the processing plant is then stored in like these enormous caverns. I think they had five of them. And then on the weekends, the 992s feed the plant. So they just pull from the piles and throw it into a hopper that then sends it up to the plant. Mm-hmm. And they only run one machine at a time. It was so dusty. They ran one sure. just because it wasn't the weekend. So they weren't running it, but they ran it for us. He goes in, picks up one pile. You can already just not see anything. Uh-oh. They go through an air filter a day. Air, like, they have to change out the air filters every day because they're, it's so dusty. It's so fine. And they have two machines because if one goes down, they have to keep salt fed. So, are you mostly, like, in, like, a just like a mask, I guess, the whole time? No. Oh, it's not that bad. No, okay. they, they, they pump so much air down in there that it's good to go. Okay. I was wondering yeah. how that. But each machine had a sticker on it that said how much air it requires per hour, whatever it was. So they do the math on how many people you have down there, the volume, the, the machines. And that's how they determine how much air needs to be going through the mine every day.
1: Okay, that makes sense then. I was wondering how um, just like the exhaust and whatever from all these pieces of equipment.
0: Uh, and then they had these curtains in different areas to route the air through the mine. Oh, wow. It's all thought out. Yeah. And then the crazy thing. So we go back up to the surface after going, we saw the drilling operation, the loading operation, the bolting operation, because you're removing part of the earth. So then you need to put all these bolts back into the earth to essentially. So when you remove the earth, you're taking the pressure off the other part of the earth, right? You have, you have earth pushing on earth. You take that away. So now nothing's pushing on it, but if you put these bolts up there you're applying that pressure back to the earth to make sure that cavern is sound and stable. Mm-hmm. From there, so they have these underground mining loaders. First time I'd seen them used. Mm-hmm. You cannot see a single thing out of them. It, the visibility is terrible. And it's so bad that you're driving in reverse almost the whole time. They have a whole scan of the mine and they have a whole simulator on hydraulics. So it's on a hydraulic platform and it's screens all the way around, so you get into it. You can't see anything in the room you're in. And it simulates the loaders that they have within the mine. So it's not like a simulated mine. It's the actual mine.
1: That's super cool.
0: In, because they have a digital scan of the entire thing. Yeah,
1: so they, it's, they're able to, you know, you can learn how it's set up. You know how you move from space to space, yeah. That's pretty cool. Super. It was the most and advanced simulator too. I've seen. Yeah,
0: because yeah. that's one of the big criticisms of simulators. Oh, you you like you can't can't feel it feel it in the seat. That's what people say, and they're right. Like there is no response from that sense and feeling the machine is a big part of it. But this simulates simulates that. That's super cool. So that was cool. Then we went to where the byproduct is piled up outside of the processing plant. They had two D10s there. One had run for 10,000 hours in salt and was a just big pile of rust. The other one was completely brand new. So it was cool to see the difference. And then it was cool to talk to them about the customization for the brand new one mm-hmm. to make it run in salt. Like they had a coating over all of the paint. They had covers over all the hydraulic cylinders. They had covers within the engine bay. They had uh, um, kind of like a wax on all the wiring harnesses. They had a drying fan within the engine compartment. So when it stops, it dries, it gets rid of the mm-hmm. humidity, any condensation within the engine bay so it doesn't rust. Super specialized just for the application.
1: Well, and so much of that is probably um, trial and error over the, you know, not, nah, I 120 years. Where it's just like, hmm, this keeps happening. So let's, what can we do to make that stop
0: happening? And then you just move on to the next problem. And that's what I love that about Europe is they tailor all of their machines to the specific application, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, the United States just doesn't do that. It just doesn't do it. But it, it, it's, you know, some people do. But on a, you know, it's very rare industry scale. Yeah, yeah. But the Europeans, everything is so deliberate and tailored. Everything, which I love. I love it how they do things over there. So that was that. Next day, went to Cologne, um, saw another one of the Zeppelin branches, went to a place I can't talk about. Huge bummer because it was so cool. So cool. Hopefully one day, but it's a little controversial right now. Sure. Then we saw some demolition, three demolition sites. We were... And who doesn't love demolition? Well, one of them... Two of them were you know, demolition, but one of them, they were demolishing a building from the top down. It was too tall for a high reach in some senses, and it was also wrapped in an uh, a, a asbestos-type product, so they couldn't use a big machine with a processor and just lunge away yeah, at it. Yeah, you can't just rip it out. So they had to dismantle it from the top down. So start at the top, saw cutting, they break the slab into pieces, and then lift all the pieces down to the floor, and then break them up with a hammer and process them that way. So we, they were about halfway through the building and we get there and there's this tower crane with this basket and they're like, get into the basket. We get in the basket. It's like there's five of us in the basket. We cannot move an inch. And then the operator has the remote control, starts lifting us up. So we're floating up above (laughs) this job site in this little ass basket up above the city of Cologne. So the day before, we were you know way underground in the salt mine and then the next day we're flying above the city on and there's a little basket and he lowers us down onto the top of the building we do our building thing richard's like i'm going to take the stairs on the way down <laughs> and i was tempted to say the same but that was the first time i'd been i'd had that happen Wild. before so we get up there again he lifts us all the way up we turn over and then his phone rings and he answers the phone while we're sitting there like swing <laughs> So, and we're both like, man, this Uber driver sucks. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> he just answers his phone, talking, hangs it up, and then starts swinging the tower crane again. Because there was no operator in the crane. It was just remote. Mm-hmm. And lowers us all the way back down. We get out. Didn't feel very good. That's a uh, I went on down
1: the road. That's a very um, non-cushy elevator ride. For sure. Yeah.
0: So that was our trip with Zeppelin. We are already thinking about some of the other things to go see um, later next year. So right. we'll be back to Europe soon. That's I mean that's the thing, right? You go
1: and you're like, well, we hope we can see these couple things." And all you end up doing is adding, you know, twice the amount of things you wanted to see for the next trip. Oh,
0: dude, it, it yeah. I I I could spend 6 months over there and not even scratch the surface. There's just so many cool things going on. Mhm. Um, and, and going with a group like Zeppelin that has all the customer relationships, knows where all the cool machines are, makes it so much easier. Yeah. So it was really cool for them to take care of us for the week and have us out to their customers. And we got some, some really cool content out of it. And the YouTube videos I think are going to be going to be awesome. Awesome.
1: Um, I think there was a video from the salt mine. I think it might be one of your most watched TikToks, believe it or not.
0: Yeah, it got like 5 million views. Yeah, I was like,
1: damn. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty cool. I'm big on TikTok. Yeah, you love TikTok. You're big. I love TikTok. You love TikTok. You're very engaged there. Everyone knows this about you. Okay. So, yeah, that was my time in Europe. Sounds pretty fun. Uh, well, look forward to the vlogs. Uh, keep subscribing if you like the podcast. And in questions, the dirt talk at buildwood.com. Just, uh you know keep up with what build what's doing these days
0: and stay tuned because we are cooking up something
1: neat up. we got some good stuff yeah
0: well thanks for listening I will see you in the next one stay dirty.